150. Um, this evening we're going to look at um, the word, the topic, hallelujah. Um, hallelujah. And um, let's read. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Psalm 150. Oh, man, the preacher's the last one to get there. What's up, Evan? Come on, brother. Yeah, read more songs. All right, let's, let's go to Psalm 150, verse 1 again. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel dance. Praise him with string instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love, grace, and mercy. Thank you for seeing us back here once again to um, our loving home church, Lord. Thank you for your protection, your provisions. Lord, you have taken us so far and brought us back. We just thank you, Lord. And Lord, we know that um, where you have called us and planted the church, Lord, but I want to cherish these. Every Sunday I get a chance to stand in this pulpit with your people here that I am so thankful for. I, I just thank you, Lord, for giving us such a loving church, such a loving pastor. And Lord, I just want to praise your name tonight. I want to cast down our crowns before you and worship you because you are worthy. Lord, liberate us this evening. Where the spirit is, there's liberty. Liberate our hearts, Lord. Let us be affectionate for you this evening. Liberate our ears, Lord. Let us hear from you. We don't want to hear. I did not come here to hear from Daniel Pearson. I came here to hear from you tonight. Speak, Lord. And Lord, liberate my lips. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. If there's someone here lost, there's someone that's watching this lost, Lord, I pray tonight would be the night that you do what no preacher can ever do, and that save a soul. In Jesus' name I pray. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Psalm 150. Um, if I had another title for this psalm, it would be the Ten Commandments of Hallelujah. Um, A.W. Tozer famously called worship the missing jewel of the church. The missing jewel of the church. Uh, I believe Psalm 150 is God's way of putting that jewel Back into our crown. Thirteen times the psalmist says in this, in this wonderful um, chapter, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Three times it's a statement from the writer's own heart. And ten times it's a commandment to you and to me and to the world at broad. 
this psalm is the Ten Commandments of Hallelujah. Now, Hallelujah is the highest form of praise. But it's not because it's some kind of passcode word that as soon as you say it, you're now praising. No, it's not. It's, it's, the, it's the highest form of praise because it is what we do when we surrender our adoration, our energy, our affections to Jesus in praise. Um, so this psalm gives us the order of God's praise and how he commands it to be done. Um, everything, all my points this evening is from other men who are way smarter than me. And, and, and Spurgeon um, gave this outline, and people who copyrighted Spurgeon, and he probably copied somebody also, who gave this outline of this psalm. And the psalm really writes its own outline. And, and where God, or how God wants us to do these hallelujahs. So we have the where, which is our first point. The why, we must hallelujah. The how, we must hallelujah. And the who, that must hallelujah. Uh, so we can read this psalm. Let me, let me paint this. Hallelujah is the Hebrew word um, for praise. Our Bible say praise uh, or praise ye the Lord. And hallelujah is the Hebrew word. So if you never knew that you spoke Hebrew, you do speak Hebrew every time you say hallelujah or hallelujah. So let's read this as, as, as if we was reading this in Hebrew so you can really grab a glimpse of this. Um, it, it would go this way. Verse 1. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God in the sanctuary. Hallelujah. Him in the firmament of his power. Hallelujah. Him for his mighty acts. Hallelujah. Him according to his excellent greatness. Hallelujah. Him. With the sound of the trumpet. Hallelujah. Him with the psaltery and harp. Hallelujah. Him with the timbrel and dance. Hallelujah. Him with string instruments and organs. Hallelujah. Him upon the loud, loud cymbals. Hallelujah. Him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that have breath. Hallelujah. Lord Jehovah Yahweh. Hallelujah. So that's how you would read this in the Hebrew, and maybe it's not no point there. Maybe I'm just trying to sound smart, but I really like the way that flows. Uh, so let us jump into this now. Let's look, jump into the text, jump into what David, or what the psalmist is saying. Not David, but the psalmist is saying. Uh, where should we give these hallelujahs? Verse 1 gives us this, the where. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. We are the temple of God. Amen? Um, and these temples should often meet together. We should often congregate together for the great purpose of worship. Uh, understand something. We have a personal relationship with God but we do not have a private relationship with God. The Bible nowhere gives us the liberty or the right to separate ourselves from the saints and stay at home. No offense to anybody on Facebook or anybody on Summer Audio, but stay at home and worship God alone. 
while eating our Cheetos and strolling down Facebook. That is not what the Bible prescribes. That is not what God prescribes. God believes and God says that he makes himself over and over again clear. Worship is best in the corporate setting because Jehovah ordained it as such. See, we don't go to worship. We bring worship with us. We are the temples of God. Um, we don't come to church. Though we often use the terminology that we are going to church, that is a bad terminology. We are the church. Amen? We are the temple of God. The spirit of God dwells in us. We just come here at 4600 North Edgewood Avenue to congregate, to bring our temples together. When we meet, the house should be filled with praise. Um, like the high priest filled the holy place with incense. Uh, me and my wife, we've been reading through the Bible this year. We went through Leviticus, and it was a dragger. Oh, it was dragging, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. That is hard. And we're barely making it through numbers. But God is faithful. Uh, so Leviticus 16, 12, 13 says this. And when the, when the Levites will walk into the holies of holy places, it says these words. And he shall take an incense full of burning coals of fire from off the altar before the Lord, and his hands full of sweet incense, beaten small, and bring it within the veil. Going forward, verse 13, and he shall put the incense upon the fire before the Lord, that the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat. That is the, upon the testimony that he Die not. So the priest had to come in there and offer sweet worship before the Lord. If he did not come in with sweet worship, he would die. If he did not do and bring the incense and burn the incense and cover the mercy seat with this praise, he would instantly die. Uh, man, how, how often God has been merciful to us for not bringing in his gates, thanksgiving, into his courts with gladness. How many times have we come in with a frown or a anger in our hearts or in our minds or in our spirits, a bitterness? Oh, God is merciful. The church should be full of sweet praise, or the church house, excuse me, should be full of church, should be full of sweet praise, or it will die. I don't care what the church is. I don't care how great the Baptist history it is. If it begins to not have a sweet praise throughout its halls, that church house will sooner or later die. It may not close the doors on the outside, but God surely will not be there. Uh, hallelujah in the congregation, he tells us. God's name should be covered with hallelujahs. And then he tells us the second place where our worship must be done. And that is in the firmament of his power. Um, in, in the end of our verse, praise him, hallelujah, him, in the firmament of his power. Hallelujah here, well, this word firmament, the first place we ever see it in the Bible is in Genesis 1. I'm not going to try to be a, a smart theologian tonight. I am no scholar. Um, but, but the firmament in, verse, in Genesis 1 is the first place that this word has come forth. 
And we'll read it. Genesis 1, 6 to 8. You can write it down. You can turn there. Um, and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. And let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. And the evening and the morning were the second day. Um, let me make it simple. Everything above the sea is the firmament. Um, we are standing on earth, but our heads are in the firmament. I never really thought about that. never really grasped that. I read somebody smarter than me that got a hold of that. But this is speaking of we're, li we're living, some of us five foot, some of us six foot, like Danny, some of us four foot. In the firmament. Our heads are in the firmament. There are some people who are way up in the firmament in the mountains, good climbers out there, um, good walkers who are, are 1,500 feet in the firmament. Some people are 15,000 feet flying in the firmament. Um, we, we, everything above the ground is the firmament. God made that separation. So what is the commandment here? God wants us to hallelujah him, not just in the church house, but every house, everywhere. I don't care if it's the ballpark. I don't care if it's the mountain. I don't care if it's the airplane. I don't care if it's on the soccer field. God wants us to hallelujah to him, praise his name everywhere. That's what we are called to do here. The psalmist is commanding us. To hallelujah his name. To consider, we, we should consider that those, there are some in the third heaven today who are giving hallelujahs. Praise God. There's, there's angels in the third heavens today giving hallelujahs. But we must join with them in chorus in praising God's name down here in this heaven. Um, we are to praise his name in this atmosphere to hallow his name in this atmosphere, to hallow his name, to, hallow, to, to hallelujah his name on our job, to hallelujah his name in every situation. Jesus is pointing to this in John 4, 21, 23. He says, Jesus saith unto her, woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what, what? We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews, but the hour coming, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. So our, our first command, where should we worship? We should worship him in the church house. Second part of that command, we should worship him everywhere, because he's such, he so desires such worship. Second, why we should worship, why we must worship. Verse number two, praise him for the, his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. We praise God for who he is. Amen. Um, but let us not become pious and thinking, oh, you should only worship God for who he is. No, that's not what the psalmist is saying here. He's saying also praise him for what he has done. 
Praise him for what he has done in your life. Praise him for his mighty um, Jesus, Jehovah showed his mighty acts and excellent greatness to the psalmist. Um, some scholars and some theologians believe that this psalmist was there to watch the kingdom of Babylon come down, um, to watch God fulfill his promise through Cyrus. 200 years before Cyrus was born, in Isaiah 45, God made a promise to Israel. I'm going to raise up Cyrus, and he's going to bring the the, the country, the kingdom of Babylon to its knees. So he was able, this psalmist was able to watch God's mighty acts tear that kingdom down through the promise that God gave to Cyrus and to Israel to bring them home to the promised land again. So this psalmist has much to praise God for to watch those days when that mighty kingdom of Babylon to fall to its knees. But praise God tonight. We got something much more to worship God for. Uh, we, 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 we didn't only watch God bring an evil kingdom to his knees. Praise God, he has brought us to our knees. Uh, we have a, 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 a Jesus, the son of God. He, he invaded this evil world as a baby. He was placed inside a sinful woman. He lived a perfect life in this evil world. He died in our place for our evil uh, uh, on that old rugged cross. When I surveyed the cross, when I think upon that wondrous cross, praise the Lord, he took my place. And that Jesus Christ rose from the grave, defeating the devil in all evil. Hallelujah for his mighty act. He did good to us. If you're saved tonight, you can praise God. He has delivered your soul from hell fire. That you're not here standing before God tonight because of your own goodness or your own deeds. No, you're standing here tonight praising his name, giving hallelujah to his name because of his mighty acts. Oh, he could have stopped it just dying on the cross. He could have stopped it rising, rising from the grave. But he's delivered us out of this evil world. I think Danny talked about today, he has, he has taken us, drawn us near when we was hopeless, when we was without any hope, any hope for eternal life. He's drawn the Gentile near. Hallelujah. We're, we're, we're free. Uh, we're free from our sins. We're free from being slaves to our, our, our evil acts. I'm no longer condemned. Uh, one preacher said down in Oklahoma, he said, he didn't just dip me in the blood and take me out. He dipped me in the blood and he's left me there. Everything I do is under the blood. All my sins, past, present, and future, they're all under the blood. It's like I don't even sin. Because every time I sin, he takes, it to the, he takes it to his father and says, it's forgiven. It's under the blood. I'm, I'm free from condemnation. I'm justified by faith alone, through his grace alone, by Jesus alone, I am free. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and free. Why should we worship the Lord? Because of his mighty acts. Because the excellent of his greatness. 
he has showed us his greatness. Thirdly, how we must, hallelujah. How we must, hallelujah. Verse 3 to 5 here, we're going to look at these. Let's go. Let's, let's, let's look. Let's read. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery of heart. Praise him with the timbroid dance. Praise him with string instruments and organs. Praise him upon the sound, the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the mighty sounding cymbals. Uh, here we see the wind instruments, trumpets and organs, string instruments, sultry harp and others, percussion instruments, timbrel, loud cymbals, and high sounding cymbals will all provide a glorious musical background for the universal songs of hallelujah. These instruments encourage three things. The inclusion of our mind, our skill, and emotion in our worship. Let's take the first one, the mind. How should we worship? We should worship God with our mind engaged. We don't come to worship to be empty-minded. No, we're coming to worship that God may fill our minds with something. We're not Eastern mysticism. Open your mind, free yourself, meditate, empty yourself, let your brain fall out. No, we are to engage in worship with our mind. The... the, the No offense to any song leader across the globe. No offense to Tim. But the preacher is the main song leader of the church. The the, the great job for us preachers, the great job for us teachers, is to educate the mind of the saints to how great our Jesus is. We have to educate weekly, weekly teaching, weekly expository preaching, or topically preaching, weekly engaging the people's mind in worship. Why? Because we are weak. Why? Because we grow cold. I don't know about you, but how many times I've come through the door cold to God. I did not come in with worship and ready in my spirit. No, 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 no. It was, it was after the stirring of, it was after the preaching that the disciples said, didn't our heart burn? Uh, we, we come in, it, it, it's sad to say, but we come in and we try to Sing our one, sing our two, and then we're through in our coldness. And then we, we want to, then we get engaged with God's glory, God's mighty acts. And then our worship gets a little bit fresher, doesn't it? I don't know about you, but I've been there. I'm cold in those first two songs, Brother Tim, and then I hear some preaching, and I'm ready to praise them. I believe God always worked that way. I'm not saying we got to change our whole worship service here. Uh, I'm just saying that it was after God opened the Red Sea that the people of Israel danced and praised the Lord. It, it, it was after Isaiah saw God on his glory that he said, holy, 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 praise him, woe is me. It was after David saw the ark of God come home, he danced naked before the, the ark. It was after Jesus did all his miracles for three years that the people cried, Hosanna. Hosanna. It was after Peter told the lame man to walk, did he leap, did he shout for praise. 
It was after Paul preached in Ephesus that the people burned $50,000 worth of silver and books and all the mysticism that they was under. It was after the preaching that the gods or that the people of God worshipped his name the best. See, today we try to muster up praise after a long day of work. After a long day of living in this world, and I'm not saying that we can't do that. I'm not saying that we, we, we shouldn't try to do that. Yes, we should praise God in a strange land. But oh, how beautiful it is after you see God's glory. After you see but God. After you see how he closed the gap with his blood. After you see how he drawn us near and made us his poem. That we can praise and magnify his name better. Best songs are done after long sermons. <laughs> That's not tonight, okay? In America, uh, 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 let me move forward. Oh, we may need to change that. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, and hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You see the singing of songs. You see all this after the word of Christ dwelling you richly. It's when the word of Christ gets in us richly that we bring forth hallelujah. Let's move to our next one, skill. So we should engage with skill here. To play these instruments, we need skills, Amen. Uh, it takes skills to play the piano. I, I'm like the uh, Ninevites. I don't know my left hand from my right. It takes skills to, to, get, to get there and praise his name. I mean, he says in Psalm 33, verse 3, sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. We're not just to throw anything at him and think it will stick because it's a hymn. No, we need to praise his name skillfully. Uh, we can't just sing, you know, however loud we want to sing, like me. We got to follow the psalm leader, right? We can't be off tune and out of tune doing what we want to do in worship. It needs to be skillful. Too, too sad. It's sadly sad to say that the world has stole some of Christianity's best talents. Whitney Houston was... First singing in the church choir. There was a preacher that heard her sing, and he said, this voice is too big and beautiful for just the church. The world needs to hear this. Yeah, the world got her voice. And sadly, the way she died, it got her life. It's sad that we lose so many of our best singers to the industry of the world. What's bigger, what's greater than singing for God? What's bigger than God? Nothing. He's infinite. He's self-existent. He's the greatest. But sadly, our, our kids, they go play for the band at, at, at school. Or a bunch of parents who really are bored to death to their songs instead of playing instruments in God's house skillfully. 
Great moves of God in the pulpit in the Western world in history was also accompanied by great moves in the music of the church. John Wesley, Charles, Charles Wesley. John Wesley, revival, preaching, preaching. Charles Wesley, we probably sing many of his hymns. Um, D.L. Moody, Iron Sankey. Israel heyday. Israel's greatest days. What did we have? David and the sons of Korah. You had the preacher, you had the singers, you had the musicians. It makes me wonder, is our singing, is our great moves of singing so dead because our preaching is so dead? God help us. Give us men, give us women who are willing and ready to write new hymns for the Lord. And then it leads to passion and emotion. These instruments spark passion and emotion. Music can change any atmosphere. It can melt a heart, and it can enrage a heart. I've seen mean people at funerals, mean people, cry because the song hit that low melody. I've seen worship services. The preacher was preaching great. He was in. It was like the move of God. And then the song leader got up there. He sung some. Something out of the blue is like, that didn't really match the sermon. Okay, we needed, we needed to stay, you know, stand up for stand up for Jesus type song. Music has a control on our emotions. The devil knows this. That's why he, he, he has music at the top of his list for reforming churches, for changing churches. He wants to change music because he wants to change the emotions of the people. He wants to control, he controls the generation. Through music. Um, I, I've, seen, I've seen people, I've, I've been there where people was happy, and then in, in the club, back when I was lost, everybody was happy, and then one song came on, and it was violence. People was throwing bowls, people were getting hurt. The atmosphere was changed through music. Oh, I tell you, music's ultimate goal is for the heart to beat a hallelujah. So the hands could clap a hallelujah. So the feet can tap a hallelujah. For the body can be engaged with a hallelujah. Psalm 47 verse 1. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. It took a passionate shout of praise to knock down the walls of Jericho. I'm afraid today if we had to walk around the walls of Jericho in many Baptist churches, those walls will still be standing to this day. Because it took, it took passion to say, ah! It's a lot of passion to move, uh, to, to move God, to, move, to do God's work, to praise God's name. We're not to be passion, passionless Christians. I know we are all different. I know we are all different. But God has called us to praise and make a joyful noise. Unto the Lord, all the earth, make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. I'll let Spurgeon deal with the dancing. Spurgeon says this about praising with the timbre and dance. Associate with the deliverance at the Red Sea. This form of worship set forth the most jubilant and assertive, uh, assaultive of worship. 
The hands and the feet were both employed, and the entire body moved in sympathy with the members. Are there not periods of life when we feel so glad that we would faint dance for joy? Let not such exhilaration be spent upon common themes, but let the name of God stir us to ecstasy. Let us exult as we cry in the heavenly lamb, thrice happy I am. And my heart, it doth dance at the sound of his name. There is enough in our holy faith to create and to justify the utmost degree of rapturous delight. If men are dull in worship of the Lord our God, they are not acting consistently with the character of their religion. End quote. The psalmist says, Thou hast turned my mourning, for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness, to the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. The diversity of these instruments and ways we, hallelujah, should always fulfill. Romans 15 says, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us be jealous, saints. If I could challenge us in any way in this, in this how, let us be jealous to get our kids to worship his name in different ways. The, the piano is not the end of the instrument list. God has employed us to, 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 to the piano, to the guitars, to the violins, to the saxophones, to the wind instruments, to the timbrels, the, to, to all these different ways that God has commanded us to worship his name. And lastly, who needs hallelujah? Who needs to hallelujah? Verse 6, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. The psalmist is very mission-minded in this statement. The psalms are very intentional in encouraging the mission of God. Who should worship God? Everything. Everybody. God has an overarching mission in this Bible. From the creation to when he comes back. His mission is to seek worshipers. Jesus tells us one thing that the Father is seeking. We read it earlier, John 4. He seeketh worshipers. Ever since he said, Adam, Adam, where art thou? He's been wanting his worshipers back. Our, our job is to go out and, and, and desire to persuade people to worship God over themselves, over Buddha, over Allah, over everything. We are to go out into the mission field of life and to employ people to come and worship our God. Not just to escape hell. Not just to confess Jesus as Lord. Not just to be baptized. He seeks worshipers. He says, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. 
This is a common theme throughout the Psalms. Psalm 2, verse 8, ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thy inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Psalm 67, verse 4, oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for thou shalt judge the people righteously and govern the nations upon earth, Selah. Uh, Psalm 17, verse 1, oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations, praise him, all ye people. As we learned this morning, the Jews failed that following these missions. Amen? They didn't go out there and tell the nations. But you can hear the Psalms. He's talking to the Gentiles. He said, be still and know that I am the Lord. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Psalm 96 verse 1. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. The Lord reign of Psalm 97, verse 1. The Lord reign of, let the earth be joyous. Let the multitude of owls be glad thereof. He says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands. It's the mission of God. It's to get his worshipers back. To get mankind back where they should be. And that's worshiping his name. This is why we sing hallelujah everywhere in the vast firmament. So the world will come to do the same. Our mission as the church is wrapped up in the command, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. The psalmist ends this book where the whole Bible will end. Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This life that we live in will end Right there. Time as we know it will end right there with hallelujah. Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. The bride has made herself ready. We will be singing these two phrases for the rest of all of eternity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, let us bless his name, saints. In this dying world that does not care to praise our God, let us not grow lazy in our praise. We have great reasons to praise his name. We have great ways that he shows us to praise his name. And we got a great people, many people, who don't know him to go employ and to push and to desire that they would be saved and that they would come and praise his name. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for your great grace. Lord, hallelujah. You are worthy. You are so worthy. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for not praising you like I should. Forgive me for the many times that you have done mighty acts on my behalf and my pessimistic way of thinking did not allow me to praise you like I should have. Lord, you are worthy of our worship. Help us, Lord. Help us raise up a generation that's going to worship your name. Let us see a generation come to you and worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, fill our cups. 
Let us overflow on this world. Wherever we go tomorrow, whoever we are around tomorrow, let them hear us praise your name. For you are worthy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.